0: We'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 this morning as we continue in this series on abiding in Christ. And we've kind of transitioned. If we're abiding in Him and we're fellowshipping with Him, there will be some changes that take place in our life. And this morning we're talking about changing by His glory. So we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and we'll read through verse 2 of chapter 4. Uh, But before we get into that, I would like to remind you to pray for the Black Hills Jubilee. uh, Starts Wednesday. And so pray for weather. I I looked at the forecast, and it looks like there's a few inches of snow in the forecast for Wednesday into Thursday. And I'm not afraid of snow. I like the snow, but I know it may hinder folks that are trying to travel in, uh, some of the guests that uh, are making their way, some of the preachers from out of town and, and other folks. And so just pray that we would have favorable weather, that we could have the meeting. Uh, unhindered, and uh, pray that God would bless, uh, that he would be with Brother Lydic, give him what we need to hear from God's Word, and uh, just that God would do a work uh, through that meeting. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we'll start in verse 17, we'll kind of pick up in in the middle of this, and, and hopefully it will make sense. Uh, as as the lesson goes on, because we're kind of continuing on the thought about abiding in Christ, not necessarily uh, an expository lesson on this passage. Uh, So hopefully it'll make sense as we go. But verse 17 says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But we all, with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Chapter 4 and verse 1, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, we have received mercy, we faint not. But I have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in the craftiness nor handing the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you would just do a blessing, or that you would bless the Sunday school hour this morning. We uh, thank you, Lord, for the teacher's that are downstairs and and really across the property now over uh, in the basement of the missions house. We just pray for your word to go forth with power and Lord that you would encourage and strengthen the saints and Lord we especially pray for the young uh, children teachers Lord that you would just give them grace and patience and Lord that the young children would sit up and be attentive but Lord we pray that your word would go forth and make a difference in the heart of each and every one that's here today. Lord we need you. I pray that we would make the most of this time and be attentive to your word. And Father, we just ask that you meet with us and bless. And we do pray for the Black Hills Jubilee as we look ahead to the coming week. Uh, Lord, it's exciting to celebrate 43 years of ministry. And we thank you for what you've done here uh, at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. And Lord, we pray that you just continue to work. We pray that you'd be with Brother Lydic as he prepares to come, that you would, Lord, fill him with the spirit. Lord, guide and direct him, Lord, in the messages that he will bring. And I pray that we would be receptive to what you have. Lord, begin preparing our hearts for the preaching of your word now. And I pray that we would be faithful to be here in attendance. And Lord, we pray that you bless those that are traveling in. Lord, give us good weather. Uh, Lord, that it would not hinder the the special meeting. And we just pray that you do work, Lord, in our midst. And Father, we really just desire to do work that we might all glorify you in and through it. And Father, now bless this hour. Pray you bless your word in Jesus' name. Amen. there was a man that found a butterfly. Uh, What is it? A chrysalis. Is that how you say that? Uh, Thank you. Chrysalis. She told me I was right, and now you're correcting me. She was in school more recently. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm not pointing at Lisa. I'm pointing at uh, Miss Long. (laughs) Um, But So anyway, this guy, chrysalis, chrysalis. All right, it's tough being up here. If you guys want to do it, come on up. But he began to observe this when it began to do its metamorphosis. Uh, and he, he was witnessing this larva, uh, pupa thing that was just kind of moving around. And, and he began, it started to crack open, and this butterfly started to emerge. And it was struggling to get out, and, and eventually it just kind of stopped. And he kind of got concerned, and so he he continued to watch it for a while, and and it would struggle, and it it just didn't seem that it could break through. And so with great care, he got uh, some small scissors, and he began to nip uh, that thing open. And the butterfly emerged, and it was kind of deformed, and it was, throughout the rest of its life, it never fully expanded its wings, and its body stayed uh, kind of plump, and the reality was he did more damage than any good. It was going through that change, that metamorphosis, and God had designed it that way. So as it struggles and all that, all the, that fluid that's in the body would be pushed out to the wings and things that would cause it to uh, be able to develop the wings and fly. And, and in his effort uh, to help, he really, that thing just crawled around and never, never lived the life that it was ever intended to do. Um, listen, this morning, if you're going to be like Christ, then you must experience a dynamic change. And sometimes that change is hard. Uh, Sometimes there's a struggle uh, like that larva, that that pupa, that nasty thing that turns into a beautiful butterfly. It has to go through that process of challenging things. And so uh, we can't always rush it. God's will is to conform you progressively through your walk with Him today. There will be a day in the future in heaven where we're conformed to him and and we're in heaven and we're seated uh, with him uh, in heavenly places and that's going to be a glorious day. But he wants to continue that work today. Every day uh, in our lives. And so we have to go through that struggle maybe as the butterfly. Uh, When Paul looked into the word of God and came face to face with the glory of the Lord, his life was completely changed. Uh, Our lives are changed at salvation The word changed in verse 18 here in Corinthians uh, means the word metamorphosis, uh, and it means to change differently physically or really in character, uh, to have a strikingly different appearance and character. Uh, Listen, when you encounter Christ and you accept Him as your Savior, uh, your life was changed. Uh, I know mine was. Just take a moment and think about that, Uh, the change that took place in your life, and and when you realize... Uh, the sin, and but the tragedy is, and I don 't know where these numbers come from i 'm not sure I didn 't do a lot of research personally, uh, but there's uh, one that says, most Christians, their growth stops after about five or ten years of salvation. They kind of get to a point and they're, maybe they 're content, maybe they feel like they 've learned what they need to learn from the Word of God, and they just kind of become stagnant in the Christian life. And I could not disagree with what he said. As I observe Christians uh, in our good Bible-believing churches, there's, there seems to be this point where we get where we're just kind of satisfied. We're okay, but the reality is God's riches are unsearchable. and past finding out, we will never get to the point where there's not something that we can continue to change to be conformed more into His image. So why do we stop? That's rhetorical. You guys answer that for yourself. Why do we stop? Um, God wants to continually change you until we are in heaven with him for eternity. Uh, We inherited eternal life. That life began and that relationship with him began at salvation, uh, but it's just the beginning of a continual change. And we're going to be changed by his glory. And so the truth of the here in, in verse 17, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And in this chapter here in, in Corinthians, Moses and his descendants, it kind of talks how they know, or, or they had not known spiritual liberty like we do, definitely after uh, the receiving the Holy Spirit and, and after Pentecost. And, uh, but <clears throat> when we are saved, right, the, and in the New Testament age, we receive Christ and the veil of blindness is lifted. And God can bring out that change through his spirit in a different way than he did uh, before in, in, in Moses. If you go back and look at that passage there in, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 3. Listen, no one who's exposed to the glory of God as revealed by his, his spirit can remain the same. That's right. Even if they reject it, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be a change. Listen, God will change your life when you're exposed to His glory. When a sinner comes face to face with Jesus Christ and trusts Him as a Savior, it will change him. (laughs) I'll never forget when I received Christ, Uh, there was a big change. I thought I was okay. I thought I was good. You know, whatever reason we come up with to think that we're good enough to get to heaven or, uh, or those things. But the reality is when you understand that you've come short of the glory of God, boy, that's the change that leads you to repentance, uh, to confess, and to turn to God. And what a joy it is. Uh, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, listen, when we at salvation, we have a great privilege, privilege of entering in the presence of the changing glory of Almighty God. Uh, and listen, God's glory, His majesty, His holiness, you can't come in contact with that and remain the same. It, it will change you. And, and a lot of people get uncomfortable with that. When you understand who God is and His holiness and His majesty and His glory, uh, they tend to reject it because it's uncomfortable, because it reveals how wretched that you and I are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this lesson really is about outward, is, is not about outward conformity. It's about an inward change. God wants to change you inwardly, and that may manifest itself outwardly. I, well, I should say it will manifest itself outwardly at some point uh, in different ways. Uh, But when you experience his glory uh, through his word and and being changed by his spirit, uh, that's what God wants. He wants your inner person. Uh, He's not so concerned about your outward appearance. And and we can cite things uh, about when David was anointed king. and, And we focus, humanly speaking, in the flesh on the outward appearance a lot. Uh, But God was more concerned about the heart of David compared to his brother's hearts. And that's how he chose David. And so it's about an inward change. Uh, The reason there is joy and anticipation in the heart of a new believer is because the Spirit has taken up residence. Listen, God wants to change every new believer day by day by the pricking of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit pricks your heart to make a change, I just want to encourage you to yield. God's not trying to conform you into something that's hard or difficult or challenging. And we'll talk about it here, Lord willing, if we get through this today. Um, Some of these things will compel us, but he's trying to change us to give us joy and peace. It's not all about uh, just the drudgery of it all. Some people are like Alka- they're Alka-Seltzer Christians. I'm a little bit older. Uh, Kaylee's in here. Abby's with us this morning, so they probably have no idea. But some of you might know the commercial plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a wonderful leaf it is. Something like that. And it, sorry to say, some Christians, they hit the baptistry waters and then fizzles it out. Uh, listen, God wants to continually have you experience this dynamic change throughout your life. It's never-ending. Uh, he desires to, this change to be generated through a daily walk with him. A daily walk. Every day, it will take effort on our part, And, and so every day, as you get a glimpse more of his glory, you'll be experiencing more of him and, and be changed. And so this morning, we're going to talk about experience' his glory is humbling. There was an employer that uh, felt like he wasn't getting the respect that he needed from his employees, and uh, it really seemed like people were just kind of mocking him behind his back and everything, and so he went and got a sign one day and put it on his door at work, and it says, I am the boss. Now, as somebody that's been in the military and led people for, you know, I I won't count the first five years I was in, uh, once I put on staff sergeant, uh, you know, when you become a leader, an NCO, I understand what it takes to lead people. And if you have to put a sign like that on your office, you're not doing it right. But anyway, this guy puts this sign up. I am the boss, just hoping to get some credibility or respect from somebody. And, and he left for a while and he came back. And when he came back, there's somebody had written next to that sign, hey, your wife wants her sign back. <laughs> so listen, that individual needs to be humbled and the glory of God is humbling. Who do you think you are? Are you the boss? Listen man, you're the head of the home, but you don't have to walk around puffed up saying I'm the boss. We'll talk next week about the mind of Christ. That was not the mind of our savior. So if that's how you act in your home, that's not Christ-like. Uh, so be careful, man, because there's a danger in our flesh to do that. Uh, and not just men. Women, women can get puffed up, too. I won't pick on you too much this morning. But listen, You go, we, once you understand the glory of God, you will re- recognize your sin nature. For all have sinned. And listen, you've come short of the glory of God, His majesty, His holiness, and His glory. You have fallen short. Uh, it's humbling to understand that. But it's what we need, and, and it really is once you understand that it's it's the beginning of you being able to be changed into His image at a greater level, because you understand you're not you haven't arrived you're not there you're not all that in a bag of chips, and you need God to work in your life to change you and to conform you to His image. It can be very humbling. Humbling. We need change. I'm going to move along here. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, you identified with His death, His burial, and His resurrection. You were now to reckon or acknowledge this as a reality. Sometimes we say that. Listen, your sins were nailed to the cross and, and the power of sin was defeated uh, so that you would walk in newness of life. Uh, Romans 6, 3-6 through says this, Know ye not that... So many of us, as we're baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into His death. Therefore, we are buried uh, with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, That henceforth we should serve not, we should not serve sin. Uh, Listen, we need to understand and acknowledge that fact. Uh, Don't fall prey to the temptations of Satan that it's not the case and that you can't get victory in your life. You can. Uh, Sin has been defeated. Uh, If you dwell on past sins and failures, God will not be able to use you to your full potential you got to get to the point where, yes, I've failed, I've confessed that, uh, I have forsaken that, and I want to honor God with my life in a greater way than ever before. Uh, don't dwell on those failures. Uh, there must be a change of focus from the old sins uh, to God's purpose for our lives. God wants to accomplish so much more, but if you continue to focus on those things, you'll be hindered and distracted. Listen, God's provided the victory over the old man. Amen. The victory is there. Uh, We aren't bound by that nature, uh, and we don't need to repeatedly fall into the same pattern of sin. There is victory. But you have to understand that and acknowledge that. Uh, And and really, you need to yield to the Spirit uh, to to have that victory. If you genuinely love the Lord and are seeking uh, to become more like Him, uh, your focus needs to be fixed upon Him. You can't have it fixed upon anything else. There was a Sunday school teacher, she was trying to teach her Sunday school class the importance of paying attention and sitting quietly in church. So she was kind of encouraging them before they left Sunday school to go to the main service, and and, uh, she asked, who can tell me why it is necessary to be quiet in church? And one little girl uh, raised her hand, and she sweetly replied this, because people are sleeping. (laughs) In that statement, the little girl proved that the nature of man does not desire the things of God. Listen, how much effort do we give to listening and be obedient to what God has for us? Listen, how serious do we take church? And I get it, right? Sometimes we get wearied and we get tired and there's labor and there's work. And and so physically, sometimes we do have needs and one of them sleep. Uh, Do you make an effort to ensure that you get to bed on time on Saturday? So you won't fall asleep in church. Uh, But listen, we battle our flesh, but we also have to help ourselves Mm -hmm. and help us in this battle against our flesh and do things that we know would not hinder our physical ability to be attentive to what God would have for us. Uh, listen, Listen, God, he wants our fleshly appetites to be appeased. That sounds weird, but he wants to meet those needs. And he does it in a godly way. And it kind of goes back to last week. And actually, Brother Dawson brought this up uh, this morning. Uh, In order to seek God in in a good, or I said, I think last week, the word I, I said was a good meal starts with hunger. If you're filling your life with a bunch of junk, It's going to be hard to overcome the flesh. God wants to meet those desires, not in a negative or a a wicked way. I'm not saying God's going to feed your flesh. But everything that he offers in the Christian life will fill those voids that you have, that you have been in the past filling with your flesh and those those ungodly things. Although our flesh is weak, we must ask God every day to change us into his image and help us to live victor- victorious in this life. It is a challenge. It is, and we need God's help. We need the Holy Spirit to guide and, and help us. This I say, then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. It's all about being led by the Spirit. If you're continually yielding to the things of the flesh, you're not going to have victory. You're not going to be changed to be more like Christ. You need to submit to the Spirit and follow the leading of the Spirit. The flesh doesn't always manifest itself in things that we would consider great wickedness. It's not always about witchcraft and murder. Sometimes it is the struggle to put our body into subjection and stay awake for a little bit longer. Sometimes it's the things that we think aren't a big deal. It's how we use our time. When we could be doing some Bible study, maybe we're watching TV. And we're feeding our flesh in a way that is hindering us to being conformed to the image of His Son. How do you spend your time? Are you yielding to the Spirit? There are more pleasures today than ever before. I don't think anybody can argue that. And today we can enjoy the pleasures that the world has to offer for the average person at a level that once only the wealthy could. There's so much opportunity to distract ourselves from honoring God with our lives. And we know the end times, there'll be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. But listen, as the people of God, how much time do we really set aside to seek our God and to honor Him? I mean, we have golf courses and we have boats. We have ATVs and UTVs, side-by-sides, guns. We have so many things in our life. And we, we were at the point, Cindy and I were talking about this. There was a point in time when people did things because it was necessary, whether that was sewing their own clothes, you know, what is it, crocheting afghans so they would have blankets for their bed. They were doing those things because they were needful. Now we do those things just to crowd out God. And I'm telling you this morning, those things aren't sinning of themselves. Listen, I have dirt bikes and four-wheelers and 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 guns and I enjoy hunting and and all those things. Uh, but the reality is, oftentimes we spend more time enjoying those things and we wonder why we're anemic and we don't have strength and we don't have power uh, in our Christian life. It's because where is our priority? Where are we investing Everyone has 24 hours in a day, but there are some people that seem to be more spiritual. They're on fire for God. They're, they have plenty of time to get involved and, and to uh, labor in the church and to support those that need help. And then there's somebody else that, boy, they're here, they're faithful, but you never see them laboring or serving. Maybe it's because they're crowding their life out with things that are unnecessary. Those aren't going to be important when we die. There's a there's a grave in Kellogg, Idaho, and as a young kid, I, I spent a lot of time in in I'm from Eastern Washington, so a lot of time in north northern Idaho and east western Washington. I had a lot of family in those areas, and but there was a cemetery at the top of the hill. We call it Cemetery Hill in Kellogg, Idaho. If you drive I-90, you'll see it at night. There's a green cross still to this day there, and um, there was a grave in that cemetery. Me and my friends. Confession time, we used to ride dirt bikes and we did some things that we probably shouldn't have done in the cemetery. But um, anyway, there was this one grave that had a fence around it and there was a concrete slab. But it wasn't just a slab, it was a concrete encasement because the man was buried with all of his money. It's not doing him any good. Listen, when this is all said and done and this is over, none of that's going to mean anything. You can invest where you want, but I encourage you to invest in the Lord. Listen, uh, I'm way off my notes here. We need to reckon our Savior's truth or the truth. If you go back to Romans, I don't know if you turned there originally. We read 3 through 6, but here's 6 through 12. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed and henceforth we should not serve sin for that is dead or for he that is dead is freed from sin now if we would be dead with Christ we believe that we shall also live with him knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more death hath no more dominion over us for in that he died he died unto sin once but in that he liveth he liveth unto God likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our lord let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. We need to recognize, acknowledge this truth. That word reckon means that it was set to one's account, to credit, or to acknowledge it. God wants you to acknowledge this fact. That in Christ you're dead to sin. Satan was defeated at the cross and your sins were nailed to the cross. You have victory. You just have to reckon it and understand it. We must reckon ourselves alive unto Christ each day. This powerful reckoning requires faith in the word of God. Do you believe God? Do you believe you have the victory? For, whosoever is, or for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Do you have faith that the victory has already been purchased and that you can live a life set apart uh, to God and His Word? It's possible. Uh, you must understand that. You need to accept God's promise so that you will believe. And, and listen, Satan's going to constantly lie to you that it's not the case. Uh, that you're just a failure and you can't get victory. Uh, his constant accusations uh, will just make it seem like it's impossible to have victory. But the reality is you, you do have victory. Uh, Christ secured victory for you. We just need to understand that we're dead to sin. Lester Roloff, years ago, uh, in one of his, I think he had several uh, court cases where the state of Texas was coming after him for his orphanages, his, his children's homes, and his side of the bit was, this is a ministry of my church, I don't need to be licensed, but the state was always challenging that and wanted him to get licensed. And one day in court, there was a lawyer uh, on the opposing side, I guess, I don't, it wasn't really the prosecution. he wasn't being prosecuted, I don't think. It was just uh, there was some litigation or, or whatever going on. And, and that lawyer began to cuss and to swear at him. You're just a rabble-rouser and begin to use profanities and, and right in the courtroom. And then afterwards, he came to him and said, Listen, Reverend, uh, Mr. Roloff, I need to apologize. And he said, That's my job. I just how things take place in the courtroom. And, and, and Lester Roloff said, you don't have to apologize. I'm a dead man. And he went on, to, and the man was like, what are you talking about? You're a dead man. He's like, listen, in Christ, I'm dead. You can't hurt my feelings. Listen, we have victory in Christ. Uh, the old man is dead. We, we need to understand that truth. If you're going to live to God, you need to reckon His Word to be true and needful in your life. You need to accept it by faith uh, that you have the victory. Experiences, glory is emotional. I kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. Listen, as as Bible-believing Christians, we don't move from emotion to doctrine, but from doctrine to emotion. The doctrine of the Word of God ought to invoke emotion. God gave us emotion. And so when you understand that Christ died for you, and boy that uh, that wells emotion up in me, and that, listen, I understand I sit in the chair, and you guys might not see my emotion like some other people you know that are that are waving their hands or shouting and standing up. That's not my personality, but there are times I'm sitting in my chair i got I got goosebumps and and, and I can just feel it in my soul and, and God's good because of the doctrines of the Word of God when you understand what He's done. And, and so it's, it's not about emotion taking us in, into what we believe, but we, uh, we, those, the doctrines and when we understand the Word of God uh, in, a, in a greater way, it affects our emotions. Uh, God created those emotions. And listen, He can use them for His purposes in our lives. Most emotions oftentimes will sometimes drive us to action. Compassion. Uh, will will cause us to make a difference in the lives of other people. So at the moment of salvation and throughout the Christian life, God encourages, renews, and changes our hearts. And and you guys know our heart is the innermost part of our uh, spiritual being, the seat of our emotions. And uh, when we open God's word and apply its truth to our lives, it brings an emotional change. Uh, it, It will bring change. Listen, we can have joy. 1 Peter one eight Whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Boy, these things will, will cause joy It will bring peace. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So it, it will we will experience uh, his glory in an emotional way. As believers, we are often discontented. Discontented, we're driven. Sometimes we get a little bit frantic, uh, and it's because we have not spent sufficient time basking in the glory of God. Many times our frustrations are are based on the fact that we haven't been in the presence of God. Matthew eleven, these are no well known well-known verses. Twenty eight through thirty. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Uh, sometimes the, the rest that we talk about, maybe soul rest, some people say, escapes us simply because we do not become before our Savior and spend time with Him. Have you come unto Him? Boy, I'm tired, I, I need some rest, I need, but are you coming to Him? Uh, and we've talked about it in weeks past, but sometimes you have to change some things in your life to be in His presence. Uh, you have to deal with some things that maybe He's pointing out. Uh, when we do not walk with Him in fellowship, and we, uh, we just are not going to experience this life-changing glory. If we're not walking with Him, if we're not in His presence, when we experience His glory, we will find that the rest of our, uh, that He meets the rest of our soul's needs. Our God is amazing that way. It says peace that passes all understanding. We can't even necessarily explain it all the time. But when you get in His presence, He brings a rest, even though there's turmoil in the world. Even though there's turmoil in our lives and in our families, He can bring a rest uh, that we find nowhere else. Have you experienced God's glory today? Are your frustrations showing? Where is God's peace and power guiding and shaping your life? Spending time with God will transform you emotionally, and others will notice the difference. I don't have a lot of time, but this morning we we're on our way into church and we stopped for coffee, as is our custom. Um, <clears throat> and I wasn't going to get a coffee, and then I changed my mind and I decided just to get a brewed cup of coffee. Uh, Cindy gets all this foo-foo stuff, but um, I just want a brewed cup of coffee, and she talked me into a splash of cream, and, well, I get this, and she said, "Whoa, is an Americano okay? I was like, well, I actually wanted an American cup of coffee, but I'll take your Americano. And she splashed it with a little stuff, and, well, I wanted to put it in my travel mug and not the disposable one. And I opened that thing, and it began a chain reaction of me spilling this everywhere in Cindy's car, and... She, that, that frustrates her because she says if she did it in my car, I would freak out, and she's probably right. But the, what I'm getting at, though, is they started to, they, Carter was just, he was in the backseat, and he was just laughing. I'm like, what, are you, what is so funny? He's like, you do this every week, Dad. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> but they started to go on into how I usually respond. And she said, if we did this in your truck, you would flip out and freak out. And there was a day that that was true. But I was glad to point out to them, and I'm not gloating about myself, but I was glad to point out to them today that that's not how I respond anymore because there's been a change. I don't respond in that type of emotional way in frustration or anger over silly things. Really, it's a car. Let's be honest, right? Now, I think we need to be good stewards of what God's given us. But, um, but listen, God will change you if you would get in his presence. And they both had to admit that, you know what, He's, you're right. You aren't the same as you used to be. And for me, that was a big victory that I could glorify the Lord in. Because I didn't change myself. As I drew closer to the Lord, he changed me. And, I mean, we had a good time coming to church. We were laughing and joking about it. But it, it and, and listen, what I'm telling you this morning is if you would get with your God, he'll change you, and it will be fun. And you can look back at the times you were a miserable, poor jerk of a husband and dad. And your family will even acknowledge at times, man, God has done something here. <laughs> Only God can do that. But you have to be in his presence. And I think we're going to pick up next week. We, the, the last one here experiences glory is compelling. And so I'll save that thought for next week, but he will compel us to do some things uh, in really serving him and glorifying him. And so this morning, I just want to challenge you Are you in his presence? Don't expect to be changed into His image or by His glory if you don't enter His presence. Get to know Him. Spend time basking in the glory of God. Uh, Maybe you should just get in your Bible and look up the glory of the Lord and, and just do a quick... You don't even have to study it. Just read those verses. Read some verses on the holiness of our God. And when you look at those things and you see our God and His character, it will force you to evaluate yourself. And by His Spirit, you can be changed to be more like Him if you would just yield and submit yourself to Him. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for this day. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us would be conformed to the image of Christ. I pray, Lord, that as we look at Your glory, more do we understand Your holiness and Your majesty. Lord, in who you are, that you would just help us to understand who we are and our depravity, Lord, and our need of you. And I pray, Lord, that you would just help us to draw near to you and that we would be yielding to you and your word and your spirit. And, Father, that you would change us day by day. I pray that each one would be faithful to daily make the effort to come into your presence and to be conformed to be more like Christ. And, Lord, we'll give you the glory for all that you do in our lives. And Father, now we pray for the service to follow. We ask that you would be with the preaching of your word, that you would fill with your spirit, and Lord, that you would just fill this place with your glory. I pray that the music would be honoring to you. And Father, that each one would be drawn closer to Christ today, save the lost, and challenge us believers to walk nearer to you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.